This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. What do a Miss West Virginia and agriculture have to do with each other? It turns out quite a lot. I started riding horses when I was five years old, and then through 4-H and FFA, I started raising pigs. And I really just fell in love with the idea of being a part of the future of agriculture. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. The state budget process may be more contentious than ever this year. Randy Yoey has more. In a presentation before the Legislative Joint Committee on Finance, Revenue Secretary Dave Hardy highlighted increases in what's heading toward a $2 billion revenue collection surplus. Hardy said state interest income jumped from $21,000 last year to nearly $39 million so far this year. He's had a 113% increase in severance tax revenue came largely from natural gas, not coal. 70% of our severance tax revenue now is from natural gas. Governor Jim Justice says he will present a mostly flat budget for fiscal 2023. Senate Finance Committee Chair Eric Tarr, Republican from Putnam County, has said the Senate will challenge the justice budget, especially on tax reform. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. West Virginia's medical schools are producing a lot of doctors, but as Chris Schultz reports, most of them don't stay in the state. West Virginia's three state-funded medical schools enroll more medical students per capita than any other state in the country. That's according to Cynthia Persley, Vice Chancellor for Health Sciences with the West Virginia Higher Education Policy Commission. She offered that statistic in a presentation she gave to legislators Sunday. Despite the high enrollment, Persley says only one in five medical school graduates educated in the state end up practicing here due to a high debt load and lower reimbursement rates and salaries for physicians compared to other states. What we've seen is a steady decline in the number of students who choose to practice in West Virginia, but I'm pleased to say that we at least leveled off from last year at 20% of our graduates. So we hope to start to see these rates incline. Personally, says doctors are more likely to practice close to where they completed their residency, and state officials are trying to improve retention of medical school graduates with improved incentives. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. During Monday's Interim Joint Committee meeting on Children and Families, lawmakers heard a lot about inadequacies within West Virginia's foster care system. Emily Rice has more. From 2016 to 2022, the number of foster children in state custody rose by more than 1,700 children for a total of 6,369. Jeremiah Samples is the senior advisor on the Joint Commission to Government and Finance at the West Virginia Legislature. Samples spoke to lawmakers about the alarming number of foster children entering the system each year in West Virginia. Perpetuating the problem, except instead of it just being cyclical, it's, it's an avalanche. You know, it's a snowball rolling down a mountain and it's, it picks up steam. Samples said he does not believe DHHR policies are to blame, but that the implementation of policies and programs available to foster children needs to be reevaluated. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin brought philanthropist Bill Gates to West Virginia on Monday. As Curtis Tate reports, they visited an old coal-burning power plant that could have another use. Before they held a town hall event at the Clay Center in Charleston, 
Manchin and Gates went to Glasgow in eastern Kanawha County. They visited the site of the Kanawha River plant, an Appalachian power facility that operated from 1953 until 2015. Gates is an investor in TerraPower, a company that plans to put small modular nuclear reactors in sites like the Kanawha River plant, giving them new life and bringing jobs back to the community. This will be much cleaner and it'll be extremely safe within that footprint so that once they understand, and there have to be a lot of education, a lot of community involvement there to see if that or any place else in West Virginia would be receptive towards this type of technology. State lawmakers created that possibility last year when they repealed a decades-old ban on nuclear power. It could take five or ten years to make a nuclear plant in West Virginia a reality. The site would need extensive remediation, but it also has something that a nuclear plant needs, a connection to the grid. Providing the site, preparing the site, getting it ready, and then building the site, that's all tremendous for the communities wherever it happens. Manchin says the Inflation Reduction Act, which Congress passed last year, provides numerous incentives for energy companies to come to West Virginia. And you had, oh, probably 20 or 30 CEOs here that have made decisions to either invest or are looking very strongly to invest in West Virginia. Gates is also an investor in Form Energy, a battery manufacturer that last month announced it would build utility-scale storage batteries in Weirton. Eventually, the Kanawha River plant, a symbol of the state's old energy economy, could be part of its future. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 749. Mostly cloudy skies today. High temperatures in the 40s. Partly cloudy overnight. Lows in the 20s and low 30s. Partly cloudy tomorrow with highs in the 40s and 50s. Thursday, a chance of rain and thunderstorms with highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. Martinsburg native and Miss West Virginia, Elizabeth Lynch, has been making waves nationally as the third runner-up in this year's Miss America competition. A five-year member of the organization, she's used her scholarship money to earn degrees at Delaware State and West Virginia University and used her platform to be a voice for Appalachian agriculture. Eastern Panhandle reporter Shepard Snyder spoke to Lynch about her advocacy work. You said you were in a master's program recently at WVU, Mm -hmm. uh, entering a Ph.D. program. I was wondering how that kind of affects what you kind of advocate for as far as Appalachian agriculture. Right. So my advocacy kind of started when I was five. So it goes back way farther than my education. Um, I started riding horses when I was five years old. And then through 4-H and FFA, I started raising pigs. And I really just fell in love with the idea of being a part of the future of agriculture and the belief in the future of agriculture. But my family doesn't actually own a farm. I'm a first-generation agriculturist. So I was like, how in the world do I contribute to the future of agriculture? And I don't live on a farm. 
But then I realized through FFA that it's so much more than just cows, sows, and plows. There's so many different opportunities if you want to be a part of agriculture. So I was like, okay, I'm really good at science. I'm really good at research. And I took that and I turned it into my agricultural education. So I got my bachelor's degree at Delaware State University in um, poultry, animal and poultry science. And I did research with sheep and goats while I was there. And then I moved to Morgantown for my master's degree, and I did work with poultry. And then now I'll start my PhD again in an agricultural field, working with food animals and parasites. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about kind of the day-to-days and the responsibilities of being Miss West Virginia? Not just, I guess, preparing for the events themselves, right. but just your daily responsibilities right. and all the work and advocacy work that kind of comes with that title. So for me, I get to talk about the Miss America organization and the Miss West Virginia organization in my day-to-day job. I get to advocate for agriculture. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you have a crown and a sash, so what do you really do? You kiss babies' foreheads and ride in parades and call it a day, and that's not it. So my job really entails a lot of public speaking. I do a ton of keynote speeches. I've actually um, been involved in the West Virginia Farm Bureau, and I've spoken at different county-level Farm Bureau banquets as well as the state convention, and I was actually recently asked to go speak at the North Carolina Farm Bureau meeting as well. Um, So I'm going to head out there in February and be their keynote speaker. So it's, again, a lot of public speaking work. A lot of time for me working on my social impact initiative and doing my Farmer Friday interviews, visiting farms, visiting farmers markets, uh, lots of social media, um, and then of course just trying to make sure that I can recruit young women for this organization because it's helped me so much, so why can't it help somebody else? Uh, This is really a job. Um, People don't look at it like that, but as soon as you get put in this position, you'll understand that it's a a daily job. It's something that you have to work at all the time. And that's not to mention, like, all of the practice before Miss America as well. Yeah, and you seem very busy, both inside and outside of your Miss America, Miss West Virginia duties. Um, You you know, you're mentioning your Farmer Friday broadcast series. I saw that you kind of help research uh, feed manufacturing with poultry activists at WVU, or you had in the past. Can you tell me a little bit about some of those extra programs or initiatives that you've helped get off the ground? Oh my goodness. I So I've been involved in the Miss West Virginia organization for five years now, and I can't even begin to tell you how many things I've, I've been able to do, how many doors that this has opened for me. Um, so, and that's, you know, on top of the organization, on top of my time at WVU and DSU. Um, so it's, you know, helping out with extension work at, through the university and teaching different agricultural courses. And it's uh, working directly with our farmers markets to get their names out there. It's working with our kids and starting the Miss West Virginia Grown Challenge, where they get to grow their own plants and figure out how to get their hands dirty too. So there's so many different things I feel like I've done. It's kind of hard to put it all in a list. It seems like there's a lot. And like I've said, that this organization has really opened up so many doors for me. You're an advocate for Appalachian agriculture specifically. How is that different (laughs) than I guess, agriculture in the Midwest or the heartland or any other region of the country? Are there any special issues or challenges that come from farming in our neck of the woods? Well, that's a really good question. So I actually advocate for both Appalachian and American agriculture. So if you notice on the Miss America stage, I kind of tried to make sure that I could scale it to the national level as opposed to just keeping it regional. So looking at Appalachian agriculture specifically, we're looking at a very mountainous region, and that can be a little difficult. So you've got more specialty crops in these areas as opposed to things like big ranges like you see in the Midwest. So 
you've got more cattle production, more corn production, where um, there's a lot flatter land, where in the Appalachian region, again, very mountainous things. So in West Virginia specifically, we've got um, a really strong hold on hay and fruit production, as well as poultry production. I know that in, it was 2019, we had 75.5 million broiler chickens that were produced just in the state of West Virginia alone. So it's insane the amount of work that goes into just each individual state that you can pull out that information from. Right, and you uh, mentioned earlier in the interview, you're actually a first-generation farmer. Um, I was actually wondering, you might be uniquely qualified to answer this question, um, <laughs> Why should people who aren't as familiar with or aren't around the world of agriculture, so to speak, or farming, uh, just care about the field? Oh, this is a really good question. I love talking about this. Why should why should anybody else care about this? So there's less than 2% of our nation that's responsible for providing the food, the fuel, and the fiber that we utilize every day. Did you have breakfast this morning? I did. You did? What'd you eat? I had... Let me think. I had some yogurt and Ooh. a banana. Ooh, okay. So there's two right there. Do you have any coffee, orange juice? I did. I had, I had a cup of coffee. Yeah. Ooh, sugar and cream in that? <laughs> Just black coffee. Just black coffee. That's okay. That's okay. And I see that you're wearing clothes, obviously. That's pretty important. And then you had fuel in your vehicle to get you here, right? Yeah. Okay. So in one short morning, you've utilized five different agricultural commodities. Think about how many times you might utilize that in a day or how many times you might utilize agriculture in a month. Now think about how many times you would struggle if you didn't have that resource readily available to you. That's why it matters. We are so reliant on our agriculturists to make sure that we have things every single day, that we have the ability to eat, that we have this table that we're sitting at that's made of wood. You know, that is all agriculture. And people tend to really take that for granted. So that's why people should care. That's why it's important. That was 2023's Miss West Virginia, Elizabeth Lynch, speaking with reporter Shepard Snyder about using her platform to advocate for Appalachian culture. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <laughs>